It's so good to have you here at One Heart Church this morning. If you are visiting, we extend a very warm welcome to you. We thank you for joining us from wherever you may be. It's so good to have you here with us today. If you're watching online, we also want to extend a, a great uh, a great big welcome to you. For those who are watching online, thanks for tuning in to One Heart Church this morning. So this morning, I really just want us to get the heart of what Jesus has for us. So sometimes we can go into this journey of faith, this even uh, being a church attender, and it's kind of like we can be we can be a spectator to the things that God wants us to be a participator in. And what I hope for this Easter period this year is that Jesus will draw us closer to Him. That Jesus will connect us back, or maybe for the first time, to the to the purpose that Jesus has for saving us. So Good Friday, it's a great day to start something new. So looking through the Old Testament, uh, the first part of our Bibles, we see the law of Moses, as, it, as it's called or as it's known. There are five sacrificial offerings that God told Moses to teach the people of Israel. And they were just broadly, there was a burnt offering. And I want you to think of that word offering right now. There was a, a grain offering. There was a peace offering, a sin offering, and a guilt offering. Now, all of those offerings, all but the grain offering, included a sacrifice of animals. And all required something that people offered to God. That's why they were called offerings. And I just want you to, to note that as we go on in my message this morning is that all those sacrifices that Moses was told to teach the people of Israel um, were offerings that people made to God. So just want you to, to keep that in your, in your thoughts right now. Hebrews 9 verse 22, it says, In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everyone, uh, sorry, nearly everything was purified with blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So in the King James Version of the Bible, the word is uh, for forgiveness is, is translated to remission, meaning to cancel the penalty. And that, that's a, a really powerful element that we can see. And out of all those sacrifices there, only one, the grain offering, didn't require uh, a life to be shed. But the whole of Christianity is that we are forgiven of sin through the blood of Jesus bled upon the cross. It is the, it is the pinnacle point of, of uh, the, the faith journey that we have. It starts and ends and is completed by Jesus' sacrifice. So it's the great spiritual transformation from heaven to earth that enables sin's penalty to be abolished. And... It's not that we, we um, are somehow sort of fixed when we apply the blood of Jesus. We're completely fixed. We're completely restored. So it's not an offering from us to God this time. So the law of Moses required that people had, and, and priests had to bring special offerings and sacrifices from us to God. It's not like that this time. It's an offering from God to us for all time 
and for all people. So it leads me to the theme of, of our, our, our Easter theme this year is unfailing love. And Proverbs 16 verse 6 talks about the unfailing love and faithfulness make atonement for sin. So we're talking about a, a power of love, uh, an expression from God, a, a, um, the, the role is, is turned around from mankind trying to bring something to God to make a way, whereas God has said, now I am going to be the one who brings the sacrifice. Atonement is a, is a great word, and it means to make amends for the wrong. So the difference from every other uh, religion or order or system uh, to try and bridge the gap between heaven and earth is that Jesus is the atonement. He's the one who brought it for us. So we did the wrong. Every one of us has done the wrong. But Jesus made amends and he atoned for our despicable wrongs. And that's his unfailing love. That's his commitment to us. Upon a cross, Jesus became the offering that came from God to people. And I, I just, you know, I think some people really struggle to understand and maybe have walked with, uh, within church for a long, long time and did, never recognized that the Christian experience is not about what we bring to God, but it's what, what God brings to us through Jesus. So I want you to see something about God. It, it's um, his intention to get us off the hook of our sin. It's his intention to take us off the hook. It's not something that we do for ourselves. Indeed, it's not something we can do for ourselves. Uh, in the book of Romans 3, uh, verse 24 and 25, it says, Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. So in the, in the law of Moses, the priests had to present the sacrifice from us, from people to God, where now God presents Jesus as a sacrifice for us. And people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So the unfailing love of God extends to all people of every generation and every nation. And I believe the church should be an expression of of God's kingdom on earth and I think it should be the place where every every kind of person can come and be united as one. So I want to see you know, every nation represented. I want to see every social demographic, demographic represented. I want to see the house of God filled with people of all shapes, colors and sizes and, and even um, uh, racial and political differences all come together as one as we, as we present Jesus Christ as our sacrifice, all those other things. You know, become secondary in our lives, so we, we, you know we can still be we can still be a member of the union and still be uh, and and still be a, a person that's transformed by the grace of God. You can be a a, a lawyer, a dentist, a doctor, or, or whatever, uh, and any level of of social social economic standing in in life, and be united in one in the body of Christ. I think that's the most beautiful expression of 
God's sacrifice is that we can see a body of believers from every, every kind of background that there is. And it should be that. It should, you know, I want to see it increase and increase in Port Lincoln. Psalm 31 verse 16. It says, talking uh, about this goodness of God, the, the psalmist says, let your favor shine on your servant. In your, un, in your unfailing love, rescue me. Let your favor shine on your servant. If there's anything I want you to, to hear today or get this Easter uh, from this Good Friday, I hope that you understand the unfailing love of Jesus is for you. And, and the psalmist says, let your favor shine on your servant. Let your favor shine on me. If there's something that I want you to take away from today is that ability or that knowledge to say, I can ask God for his favor upon me. It was a promise of his unfailing love. And we find that in Jesus. And understanding the, un the unfailing love of Jesus is personal. You know, there's so, so many times where people think, well, um, you know, God's not interested in me. So when Jesus came to earth, his one mission was to bring about a way where that relationship could be possible if we believe. Understand the unfailing love of Jesus is for you. Make it personal. You know, I love it when, when you watch these movies and, and there's someone who's got real anger and vengeance and they, they're going after their, their enemy and they go, this is personal. We've got to have that kind of a, that, you know, in a good sense, turn your bad into nice. But go after some things spiritually in God with that same kind of determination. You've got to say, this is personal because I'm going for a relationship with, with my Lord. I'm going for that unfailing love that he expressed to me and I'm, I'm going to embrace that love. So make it personal. Unfailing love of Jesus is for me. I want you to maybe say that to, to yourself right now, that the, the unfailing love of Jesus is for me because sometimes you might see people and think, wow, when it comes to their spiritual journey, it seems to be like they, they, um, they've just got something that is, is amazing in their pushing on and, and going deeper and further in the, the, the things of God and, and they've got a, you know, a great sweetness in their spirit and all these great things and I think that this truth of making it personal changes everything. It'll change your life when you can not just be like a person who knows the things of God to a degree but when you have that, that um, deposit of desire and faith within you that says, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm going after you with all that I have. And it's, it's not that you then have to say, well, what's the offering I need to bring God? It's, it's releasing us when we realize the offering is Jesus and he's done it for us. There's a, trans, a, a translation of understanding where, where we've gone into our spiritual walk often believing it's what I have to do now. And so many times I've talked with people and, and they've said, well, what do I have to do? Indeed, that's what people ask Jesus. What do I have to do to be saved? What do I have to do to please God? Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And when we come into that relationship, it's not about, well, you know, do this, don't do that. We like to do that because it appeases our human nature. 
to say, by my effort, I can do things. By my effort, I can please God. But what Jesus is looking for is a relationship of friendship and trust and love in him. So Jesus rescues because he loves. In Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5, it it says it so clearly. It says, but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much. Make that personal. Instead of reading something like that, you've got to put yourself there. But God is so rich in mercy to me. He loved me so much. And that's where that translation of spiritual power and authority and grace to live all come from a revelation that Jesus loves me, that he's concerned about me. And when we understand that, then we can bring all of our needs, all of our thoughts, all of our praises, all of our our defeats, we bring them back to Jesus because we know that he's there. I'm going to invite the musicians to come and join me again as we coming to a conclusion of the message this morning. We're going to have communion together. And if you didn't get a a little pack here, you can raise your hand and a steward will come and and bring you a, a pack. And just if you're not familiar with those, there's a, there's a clear film at the top that you peel back and there's a, a wafer there and, and then you peel the, the silver, the silver uh, layer and that will reveal the, the juice. But as we partake of communion together, as we often do in church, be reminded what Jesus has done for me. I want you to maybe put those words through your mind right now. This represents what Jesus has done for me. And I I think of it this way. I was the criminal and Jesus was the judge. And we're in heaven's court. And I was found guilty because I was guilty. But somebody else took the rap somebody else took the penalty and I got a clean record so Jesus carried my sin Jesus carried your sin Jesus carried our sin and we are declared not guilty we can go free we are free and I I, I just want to explain to you the depth of our freedom we can understand the truth that Jesus loves us, we can understand the depth of freedom that we can live in. Psalm 31 verse 21 says, Praise the Lord, for He has shown me the wonders of His unfailing love. He kept me safe when my city was under attack. So this morning, if we take that, and apply that to our, to our own circumstance, our own life. And view that, that word of city as your city under attack may look like a financial burden. It could be a sickness. It could be a family tragedy. It could be navigating through, through a, a, business, a, a business transaction. But can we make our testimony, the unfailing love of Jesus has kept me safe. Now, I know that there is all kinds of levels of people here today and all kinds of life experience. But for those of us who can say today, Jesus has kept me safe. It doesn't say that I'd never had a challenge. 
doesn't mean that I've never been tested. But we can say, Jesus has kept me safe. His unfailing love has kept me safe when my life was under attack. I take, take that as a, a, a great message there. The only fitting thing that we can do is give thanks for the unfailing love that saved us and set us free. Jesus' unfailing love is demonstrated in these elements that we hold in our hands, our, our communion emblems. And if we can truly say, Jesus, I think of you this Good Friday. I thank you for the unfailing love that you displayed to me. I'm going to make this personal. So can I pray with you this morning before we even drink? Remembering Jesus Christ, the unfailing love that went all the way to the cross so that we could be declared not guilty. So dear Heavenly Father, as we eat and drink today on this Good Friday, I pray that there will be a reality awakened in our spirits and in our hearts to the truth and the power of your unfailing love. So why don't you take your, your wafer right now, giving thanks to Jesus. If we just drink together the cup, remembering His love and unfailing sacrifice. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your unfailing love that saved me and that saved every single person here in this place. I was guilty, but you took the penalty. Jesus, I'm grateful for the life you've given, that your life was given for me. Father, we just thank you so much that you've taken away the penalty and your unfailing love says you are free. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.